0: I'd say that um, we're not the first to suffer and struggle, nor will we be the last. Um, so long as we continually show up to the truth of our lives and the truth of another, um, so long as we continually have a capacity and a will to hold space for each other, to see themselves, to actually be in relation. My sense is we we have a chance at building and creating the. The dreams and heaven and, and futures that we truly long for because we're doing it together, not alone. So may we all remember that we're never alone and may we all be willing to tend to the fire.
1: Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wolpolinick. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. This is Steve O'Polonek, your host as always. Uh, Welcome to episode 53. Our guest today is Didier Sylvain. Didier is a life alignment coach, leadership trainer, and creative healing practitioner. But more than that, just an all-around amazing, compassionate guy. The podcast is a little bit different. Initially, I went in having some questions and answers i wanted to go over with didier and it just really bloomed from conversation and became a podcast that was really conversational based but also in depth and insightful based on change based on compassion community um, tending your flame and really looking at societal norms and shifting the dynamic of how we perceive those it was a really enjoyable conversation. I'm super honored and super gracious to have Didier on the podcast. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy the conversation we get into and what we talk about. Get ready for a really insightful podcast, really fun and entertaining, but also thought provoking. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our
0: flame.
1: We have a nonprofit called the Promethean Project, which is the Instagram tag. Um, We're trying to build a wellness center that's integrative in all kinds of modalities of mental health, physical health, and wellness. Uh, Looking at Reiki and all different types to have a center where people can come and form a community around, you know, integrative health and wellness. And I came up with the name from the Greek God, Titan Prometheus, and who got in trouble for, you know, giving fire to, to men and evolving evolving men in that way. And so when we were looking at the concept, I was just thinking about this idea of helping people find their their flame and their potential and that's where where the name came from so the symbol is just a hand holding fire and the podcast is you know prometheus was later chained and tortured for what he did so breaking free from those chains and finding your flame and your own potential is kind of the the connecting piece between the nonprofit and the podcast i
0: love it i love it i love it yeah fantastic man i'm curious to hear what uh, how you got into it but maybe that's if you're open to it, I know that yeah, yeah. there's a there's a podcast you're interested in producing here, and I'm happy to engage, <laughs> participate, and you know, and and I'm curious, like that's so fascinating. How would you get into this line of work? Yeah, so um
1: oddly enough, you know, in high school, and as far as I'm concerned, we're already doing the podcast and we'll keep whatever works and you know, this conversation is happening for a reason, so it might be this too. Um, so in high school, I was always the person that I felt like um, people came to, friends came for, to for advice or just to sit with or co-regulate with. And uh, I remember taking an aptitude test. I was out sick the day that they were given. So I took mine in the guidance office. And the biggest thing that it came back with was uh, working in psychology, um, being a therapist. And the only thing I knew about that was full, uh, not full house, uh, growing pains with Alan Thick being a therapist. <laughs> And I remember, well, they had a nice house, so you can make a living (laughs) off of it. He worked at home because he had a separate entrance. So let me check that out. And you know, I went to UMass Amherst for psychology, and and it it was kind of a love-hate thing. I had some severe depression halfway through, just not really knowing what to do. Mm -hmm. Made it out, and then realized I really wanted to talk about my own processes with depression and anxiety and trauma, and uh, came back, went to Springfield College out here and became a counselor and then realized, you know, systemically, there's just so many constraints on how you do that. Um, you work for a business, they take 80% of the money insurance pays you, you make a living, people don't show up, you don't make as much of a living as, as you thought, mm-hmm. and really just thought there had to be a different way to do it. And, you know, I had a background in personal training. So I felt like, oh, if we can merge the two concepts, and, and then it became more, like different minds in the body, you know, just not your brain, but your heart, your digestive system, the fascia in your body—all of these different systems are how we interpret the world. And so, really, just looking at a collective, integrative way to view it is where the nonprofit kind of came from.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. That's awesome, man. Thanks for thanks for sharing. I knew there was a cool story behind it.
1: (laughs) And I'm a huge geek. You could tell probably from the Captain America shield I have in the background too. So um
0: yeah the like Captain each. America and the uh, the the ninja kicking kicking <laughs> the, the dinosaur in the face uh, yeah see that
1: t-shirt yeah I got this this shirt I don't even know what company makes it I got it in New York I went to a Comic-Con years ago at this point um probably probably around 15 years ago and saw it was intrigued by it because I like dinosaurs I like ninja and kung fu movies and so <laughs> had to have it but the more I look at it, every time I pay attention to it, I'm I'm asking myself, which one do I identify with more? Mm-hmm. Do I identify with this T-Rex, which by by nature is this one kind of bad guy, or in the new Jurassic Park movies, a good guy? <laughs> and um, or do I identify with the ninja who inherently through some kind of nurture ended up where they're at? Um, so that's like the therapist mind of looking at a cool emblem of code and just saying, well, which one would I want to win? Would I want the T-Rex to win or the ninja to win?
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. The, um, the coach mind in me, uh, sees it, um, in another way too, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, the dinosaur as a part of our history and the ninja may be the part of us that discerns what part, what part of our history do we want to carry forward? Um, and and, (laughs) that's a that's a a discernment that maybe the or maybe you know maybe the maybe the ninja is the the antiquated outdated one the the dinosaurs actually you know (laughs) the dinosaurs um in the in the in the future either way that's a cool shirt thanks
1: uh there is a movement in social media where everyone is supposed to evolve into crabs so maybe the dinosaur (laughs) evolving into a dinosaur and then a crab might be the step of progression. Who
0: knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows where where this this stream is going?
1: So Didier, I'm super excited to have you on and and talk a little bit more in depth. And, you know, if the last 10 minutes have been a clue, I'm really enjoying where this conversation can go um, beyond just the metrics of what we plan to talk about, but the different narratives we can get in as we discuss everything from dinosaurs to ninjas to <laughs> life in general right yeah um, yeah man same so i'm i'm wondering uh if you can give us a little introduction of who you are what's your journey been and what what are you doing now what what you feel your passions or purposes has been in life and how you got there you know just a small question yeah to, no big to deal hit you with.
0: no big deal yeah no thanks thanks so much steve for um, mm-hmm. the invitation to dialogue and uh, the invitation to share dialogue with, with more folks, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, as, as, as I say that, just appreciating the fact that we are having a collective dialogue where all of us are on our own journeys um, in relationship with the fire uh, that, that's burned us and the fire that we're seeking um, to serve. And for me, um, you know, my life's main calling is to create and hold transformative learning space for people to stand in their power and offer their gifts in service of the collective optimal good in service of beloved community in service of a promise of a world where all people get access to the resource and support they need to be who they are and, and just honor their gifts. And I've been, I've been pursuing and expressing this call and answering this call through the work of, of life alignment coaching and leadership training, and facilitation, and some teaching, and just doing my best to show up where I'm called. And um, it looks a lot like one-on-one coaching stuff. It looks like workshops, retreats, and online courses, and cohort-based learning, and and writing, and um, and having conversations with folks <laughs> who who uh, usually are in some moment of transition in their life, and. I'm invited to be a source of support to help people discover what they already know. <laughs> um, they don't realize that's what they're asking me to do. Right. That's, often, that's often what's involved. And, and then sometimes when it, there's not a mirror that people are asking for, uh, there's a window that maybe is called for, and then that's about new perspective, new discovery. I describe coaching as the art and practice of, of you know helping people discover um, the truth of who they are, but also discover something new. So sometimes that means bringing in new tools, new frameworks, support, accountability, all to expand people's choicefulness. My work is about helping people be more choiceful with what they care most about, more choiceful and more willful to make impact on what they care most about. If, if therapy is something that helps us care for a living present, and history that rushes forth um coaching as i experienced it and describe it as is, is that which has a, a future orientation around new possibilities new choices and in my sense um both are required um, right one alone seems insufficient to fully integrate the truth of who we are and to heal and then create and lead so i appreciate what you do um and and i know my lane so to speak but i also believe that we need all the modalities and medicines we can get um, yeah. in this world. So that's a little bit about what I'm what I'm about. Born and raised in New York, child of patient immigrants. Um, I migrated from Haiti to the States in New York. I'm youngest of three. Um, I'm a musician and an artist and um, based in Los Angeles. And it's good to meet you. Good to be here. Man. There's so much, um, I, I think everything
1: just really connected heart center for me and how you were describing all of that in the sense of you know I I agree with you when I'm doing therapy work with people I think so much of it is about mindfulness and being in the moment and and working through maybe some of our history or anxieties about the future to to kind of be here and and create a a sound base to go from and really connect to who we are and, and discover that and then I think actually i assert that you know what you're saying in in the sense of well that's good right but we also have to be looking at a bunch of different things and and moving forward as well as we're doing that and i think it can only compound when we bring more integrated models and intentions into what we're doing can only go to a place that that's more generative
0: right no doubt no doubt i mean i often say in my work that uh You know, people who who are interested in coaching, they do all the coaching programs, they get all the things, they get all the tools and frameworks and this and that. They read all the books and get all the knowledge and practice all the skills and nothing changes. Yeah. And, And nothing changes often because they haven't attended to history. That's rushing forth and asking to be reckoned with, asking to be integrated, asking to be tended to. Similarly, you know, people can spend 10 years with the same therapist and know what all their so-called, you know, quote unquote issues are, but nothing changes all similarly, because we don't have new tools or new skills or new choices for how to lead change. So um, I feel and appreciate what you're saying. Um, A sensitivity to all of it seems useful.
1: I mean, there have been many, many times I've had to sit with someone and have tough conversations about you know, they're at a point where the next step is for them to to move forward and find some of these tools or find someone who can progress their education in these tools that, that you're talking about, because we've come to a, a part in our connection, in our relationship, where there's not much more I can do, right? And, and that's a hard conversation, I feel like, because, you know, just as we can get addicted to behaviors or, um, you know, substances or you know whatever I, I feel like we can really become addicted to being stagnant and and saying okay i've done this work i feel good but that progression forward is scary and so we stay in this this uh cubbyhole of where we feel comfortable and, and in a sense that's an addictive quality in and of itself because you never challenge yourself to to get to the next level
0: yeah yeah, never challenge yourself to get to the next level. Never challenge yourself, even to take a risk. I mean, right. sometimes I, I feel like with a lot of the folks I work with, um, which are usually uh, people in some moment of transition in their life or their leadership, and and either they're emerging or an established leader or they're creative of some some sort. And at the very least, they're a human being in a, in a moment of transition in their life. And um, and and I work a lot with you know BIPOC, and I work with white folks too. I mean, usually for folks who are feeling um, resistant to getting to this next level, as you describe it, sometimes it's because they don't know what that next level is, but they know that something is missing. Right. Um, and, and having a vision of what the next level seems useful and supportive you know, for people to actually move. But I appreciate you talking about attachment or addiction to stasis or a place of stagnation. It seems often that there's a risk involved <laughs> and departing from what is comfortable. And there's a risk involved in leaving from um, where we derive security, safety, a sense of self-worth, value, all of that. And part of the work that I do, what comes up often in the conversations I have is helping people see what they're afraid, not what change they're afraid to experience, because people aren't afraid of change. People don't resist change, especially if it's good for them. Um, It seems that people are resistant to loss Okay. The resistance to what they have to give up, um, in order to experience the change, and so that's being called for, sometimes demanded. <laughs> we get burned, right? And so, some of the work that that shows up um, in in the world I navigate, in the world I navigate, is helping people get clear on what it is they're afraid to give up, what they're, what it is that they're afraid to lose, and usually it's a, some perceived loss at stake, and then what could you gain um, actually by, by going through it? And that those are some of the conversations that seem to swirl around what you're describing around attachment or addiction to stagnation.
1: Yeah. I think I really enjoy that, that turn of phrase, like really flipping it around and saying, well, it's, you know, it's, it's more about that loss because I do think inherently that is what it is, but we perceive it as, you know, this next chapter, this change is scary when it's, it's like, Oh, I have to give up what I feel comfortable in right now. And, you know, I think, I think turning it into that and really doing educational work on that and introspective work on that can only strengthen those gains that you can look forward to. It's like, okay, well, are you really losing this? And what are you gaining in the the process? And it gives, I think it breaks it down into a more digestible situation that you can actually feel like you have more control over.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I'm looking at that ninja that's flying on your shirt. It's like, <laughs> like, you know, clearly there's some flight that can be gained, you know, if we, <laughs> but, but um, without having a, a taste or a sense or a vision or an experience of what that might be, it can be challenging to perceive it.
1: You know, it's really funny about the shirt is um, it's too small on me generally. And so <laughs> I only use usually work it, wear it to work out. Um, But this morning, my daughter was wearing a Halloween PJ set of a cat and had a glitter gold mask on. And because it's this kind of material, over time, it tends to crack. And so her first crack on that happened. And she was really distraught about it because she loves Halloween. She calls herself a spooky kid. She loves all all things like that. She paints zombies um, and is really intrigued by that. So it really... It was a big emotion for her and so you know we were talking about it and I had that conversation with her of you know just because it's cracked doesn't make it not good anymore there's mm. still value in in your connection to it because I still have this shirt that I got 15 years ago hardly wear but it speaks to me and it has a bunch of cracks in it mm. and you know I kind of put it on to show hey still works right like it, it it's beautiful it's not how perfect it is it's how functional it is to you
0: yeah I love that I love that beautiful yeah and and what you can experience with it that's beautiful i love that i love that thank you for sharing that um a tender sweet story just thinking about you know a dad and his daughter um kind of connecting over a shirt and and yet like it's such like such a powerful like life lesson there
1: it's so funny because it 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 was just you stemmed from that and now we're halfway through the, the podcast and it's been a, a central point. And I yeah. think that's, I, I agree with you. It's beautiful in the sense of, we never know what what these choices or what we're being called to and what message they connect to, right? Um, and how important taking time and being introspective or, or just opening your eyes and being open to it can be uh, to move forward.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it takes a crack in order to, to actually experience shifts in perspective or discovery that that open up you know these I mean the, the crack is such a powerful uh metaphor um <laughs> of, of the shirt I mean this past weekend I was leading um a couple it was a two day it was it was a two time um online course that I led called Seeding Self-Renewal um mm-hmm. Which was in accordance with the the equinox, you know, that just happened, and inviting people to consider what um, what does it take and what does it look like to to start anew um, and just be intentional about about new beginnings and feeding our own growth. And a lot of the conversation, some of the conversation, was around um, the shells that we embody and the shells that we carry, as seeds do, and cracks are what let the sprouts get out cracks are what let the light get in cracks are what let the light get out and so it's um it's another it's another perspective on the the pain (laughs) involved in 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 growth right the growing pains um i appreciate the the way you're speaking about the the cracks of a t-shirt as also a chance for people to 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 have new life possibly come out or come in so thanks for that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I, I mean, this discourse has been hasn't really touched on any of my notes I have. <laughs> <for the laughs> podcast, but that's okay. I mean, I think it goes along with just um, you know this this concept of of really being attentive of, of how we're digesting things. Um, you know what what we're exposing ourselves to, and and the importance and value of environment and um other people's intents and you know just the wording of things you know going back to what you were talking about of it's not change it's loss. you know that is so profound for me just because so much of what i've talked about in the past has been revolved around change but but i can never really pinpoint exactly what i meant like you talk about change and people get a, a fair understanding of what that is and why that might be scary. But when you break it down into those pieces, like we said, um, it just, it's, it's almost like having those, those inception moments where are like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense for me. Now I can, I don't have to put too much thought into that anymore because I've connected that piece and I can move on and in, into what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, of my one of my favorite writers i know a a beloved writer for many um octavia butler uh is is maybe most often cited for the earth seed quote in in her one of her major books parallel with the sower all that you touch you change all that you change changes you the only lasting truth is change god is change and in a way, um, when we normalize change like that, <laughs> then then that maybe opens up space for us to, to discover some of the some of the the, the resistances and opportunities beneath it. Um, change, change isn't you know that's all that we are. <laughs> so so what are we talking about? What are we here? What are we after? What are we resisting? Like what behind it?
1: Yeah. I yeah. think I, I had an earlier podcast with a guest, um, who I, Nikki Myers and she teaches uh, yoga as a 12 step recovery program. So I got to sit in a retreat with her and learn that process and amazing. she's amazing. I just love her story and her journey. And one of the things that we were talking about is the, the meaning, the, the so-called meaning of life. Um, which is funny to me because only a human would have to wrap their brains on what that is, as opposed to looking at nature and saying, Oh, everyone's living, everyone in nature, all these animals, all these plants are are living life the way they're supposed to, so to speak. And it's not until, you know, we bring our own concern with, Oh, what is it? I need to define it instead of just living it. Right. Mm. Um, But we, we had gotten deep into that conversation and that kind of was my, my feeling about it It, for me moving forward is, it's always about change. Life is about change for me and, and being called out or called in sometimes when something I felt was so concrete is worded in a way I can actually comprehend from someone else that I never connected to. Those are special moments for me, even though they're really uncomfortable, right? Mm. Um, you know, really uncomfortable to to sit and say, oh, there was all this ego attached to past ideas. And then someone was actually able to connect with me and, and kind of call me in and present something in a way that really makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And those are moments I live for in life, just not not just as myself, but as a parent, as a husband, as a brother, as a son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the reasons I really like doing this podcast is to have many different perceptions and stories and narratives um portrayed so that we can reach people and who who knows how it connects to
0: them so yeah beautiful thanks thanks for thanks for for doing that and doing this and um yeah creating these spaces for people to find those moments of connection and opportunities for seeing themselves in the story of another
1: yeah i feel like we're going back and forth with appreciation (laughs) to each other and i love it uh it's a different dynamic, but I think it, it's very special to me so far. And I, you know, I do have I do have the corny, uh, geeky questions towards the end. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so I'll I'm get not, to those. Yeah, no, I'm, not, no.
0: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not afraid of those. But I will say, um, yeah, I mean, gratitude. How about, how about gratitude is uh, a a underappreciated and under engaged and undervalued. Uh, vitalizing force i mean if imagine what life might be like if we actually normalize gratitude as well as a daily practice that actually i mean people there's a reason why it's cliche (laughs)
1: yeah
0: it's it's like and and people get sick of people saying oh gratitude gratitude well maybe maybe there's something there (laughs) maybe there's a reason that that it is so ubiquitously named as a central tenet of all the world's wisdom traditions right to actually say thank you to actually allow like a a resonance of of like of appreciation because i feel like when we appreciate we're actually acknowledging and when we acknowledge something we're amplifying it and so my sense is when we're appreciating we're wanting to amplify something we want it to grow even if it's something as simple as this thing called love yeah shout out to love
1: it it, i I think you're but I know you're right at least in in my perspective because it's kind of silly it's a buzzword gratitude in many walks of life especially in health and wellness and it's also silly that people say oh that's a buzzword people talk about it all the time but it'd be the same thing like eat food to survive right it's just a different level of survival It's, it's an emotional it's a spiritual it's a uh connectedness that we have to feed and you know biologically if we break it down into science we know gratitude is a regulating nervous system reaction hmm. it, it just you know polyvagal theory and all, all of that nature it hits you it hits that um highest vagal tone that puts you in a place of connection and hmm. calmness and joy and so sometimes when i work with people I tell them, you know, one of the greatest hacks to do if you're dysregulated is to practice gratitude Mm. and to be immersed in gratitude. And sometimes that's journaling. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's saying thank you. Or sometimes it's going out and being active and really connecting with people in a community that you may never interact with and giving food or working at a soup kitchen. Mm. I think one of the most transformative moments in my life I was in, at UMass Amherst senior year. I did an alternative spring break, which, you know, I never went to spring break because it was never really my scene. But so, you know, I got core credits for a for class. So oh, let me check this out. We went down to Mississippi and it was just so eye opening to me, but also very humbling and very amazing because we worked in a soup kitchen we stayed in a rectory and helped clear brush for church after you know katrina hit down south and we went and worked in the soup kitchen and like the gratitude of not just i was feeling but from the people there was amazing they invited us to a revival and that was (laughs) such an amazing experience for me who grew up on air force bases in europe and you know all northern america and it was it was just such a great experience to to be in that gratitude on a weekly basis in that process and see how it connected with people and you know i think some people get confused about it because they always talk about you have to be selfless but gratitude can also be very selfish in the sense of doing for yourself as well Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful thanks for sharing that yeah service mm. some of the the most powerful um some of the most powerful ways that we can discover what's most meaningful to us uh, sometimes is uh is by engaging by engaging acts of service yeah that sounds like a powerful experience yeah
1: yeah i mean it, it had its silly moments <laughs> with people like 10 people in a van and ridiculousness but i think when i think back of it i don't remember the jokes and the silliness i remember the heart of of the experience Mm -hmm. and you know just amazing to practice that so yeah it may be trite but it doesn't change the fact that it's essential gratitude Mm -hmm.
0: yes 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 my ears are ringing (laughs)
1: so let me speak on something that kind of connects to this um because i follow you on instagram and then about a week or two i found out that there's this musical side of you that i i wasn't aware because i had just seen the content that you're putting out with Jay phoenix um that is amazing (laughs) um i think i sent you a message on friday when when the ep came out and I asked you, where can I get this? And I went immediately and downloaded it. Thank you so and,
0: much, man. I appreciate that.
1: Oh, thank you. Because I, I was listening to it between clients today before this and, you know, just sitting in the sun on, on the couch back there and just listening to it. Um, I tried to listen to it in the car. It didn't resonate the same way. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like the, the tone really struck me in that moment and it was beautiful. So awesome um,
0: awesome that's so great I thank you thank you yeah thank you for uh for engaging it for listening to it receiving it and um the fact that you're listening to it in between serving clients is really meaningful to me um in part because i hope that this music is something and i'm happy to talk more about this the the yeah it's my relationship with music and, and story behind the the project but the the and how it relates to my coaching practice but um yeah, I mean, one of my main intentions is for it to serve people in their own um, in their own way to find a sense of solace, a sense of peace, to lift up our spirit, to lift up our heart um, in a moment of need, but also just as a regular practice. <laughs> um, and and I see it definitely being something that's used by by healing practitioners of all kinds. Mm. Um, in in their actual practice like you know i've i've used it in some of my own coaching sessions i've found that other people like yoga practitioners will use it in the in the back like for the yoga class like as well as mundane day-to-day like listening to it while cleaning your kitchen i mean (laughs) whatever whatever it is um i i hope that it um supports people in whatever it is that uh, allows you know whatever helps them connect with what's most meaningful to them you know Mm. so thanks thanks for listening and engaging it
1: yeah i mean um I was playing around with it because I like. I'm a big believer in like stuck energy, and I know that when I'm in session with people, even though it's through telehealth right now, that energetic frequency or you know resonance gets stuck with me with sitting with someone in those spaces. And I, I found actually the pandemic really drove it home for me. Was I was originally in my bedroom doing the counseling when it hit, and then I would come down and I would just have this weird sense of. An emotion that wasn't mine you know i I think really specifically i was counseling a couple and it was really you know they were really going at it and i came down and i just felt this anger and my wife was you know she's getting dinner ready and she said something and i felt myself like Mm -hmm. snapped and realized that it wasn't me and immediately obviously you know made amends in the sense of oh that wasn't cool I don't know what's going on. Let me take a couple minutes. And my wife does Reiki and does energy work. And so we we kind of created this um, from her teacher. We took one of these mantras that her teacher created and did it in between sessions and mixed it with some Qigong movements to move energy. And it's the same kind of vibrational connection I felt with the music mm-hmm. in between sessions. I was really able to kind of sink deeper and, and connect to that. So awesome.
0: Um, awesome yeah that's the, really that's, nice to have that's great yeah thank you for that uh, that's that's one of the main intentions for sure i mean i i hope that when people listen to it and just thinking about music and various medicine you know creative healing practices we have available to us um yeah i definitely have an intention with this music and and these types of practices be it qigong or reiki or what have you um to uh to to move what's frozen to move what's stuck as you put it um we know that where attention goes energy follows and so may music can also be supportive in having us shift our attention or or elevate if possible our consciousness or awareness so that energy can follow accordingly in a way that um, brings ease and light into the body for what prior was heavy um so yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. I mean, I think about music itself as an alchemical practice. I mean, I know that when I'm making music or when I'm sharing it with people or when I'm listening, um, if I have an intention, which is the most powerful form of listening in my experience, that um, if there's some type of weight that I'm carrying, whether it's anger or whether it's sadness or, or hatred or resentment or something, that that music or engaging some type or, or even a, a coaching conversation or a therapy conversation that can can elevate our understand understanding of, of that lead of what it is, what's, what's weight, what weight we're carrying um, to elevate an understanding of what, of what, what it is, you know, so we can uh, transmute it into light. Yeah. Um, so to speak that, that definitely is what my intention is with the music that I make, the music that I share and similar to my approach to coaching in a way. Awesome. So thanks for listening, man. Thanks for yeah. engaging it and speaking to it. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, thanks for giving me the the link so I could, <laughs> I could peep it, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So, it, you know, this conversation. Jovian,
0: JovianPhoenix.bandcamp.com. Check it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll I'll put it in the show notes for the the episode too, so people can just go on and you know hit it up. Cool. Um, you know, this has been a really enlightening podcast for me because I felt like, it, you know, I'm I'm all about the natural conversations and following the flow of. of narrative and this has been one of the easiest podcasts for me to to do that with so um before i get too geeky with things i just wanted to share that appreciation with you um
0: thanks man i appreciate that too
1: now i'm going to flip it on its head and get into the superpower questions Uh, (laughs) so we have these two questions on every podcast um and so I'm going to give you both and you can answer in any order you want to so the first question is um, if you could have any superpower in the world imagining we were in a world where superpowers existed what would it be and why and then the second question is what do you feel like your real life superpower is and how do you embody that
0: cool thanks for those questions rich ones uh the first question so the first thing that came up for me i'll just follow that impulse is the superpower to alleviate suffering of all its forms on this planet and and i would say to transform suffering into light of all forms my my sense is that and in my experience I mean, I've experienced pain, we all experience pain, mm. loss, betrayal, all of it, um, racism, patriarchy, I mean, you name it, and pain is inevitable. <laughs> and so it's here, and, and yet suffering is a choice. Right. And so if suffering is a choice, then, then one superpower I, I call for us all to embody, but certainly it's one that, that I welcome. <laughs> Is to to help people to wake out of the delusions of their suffering and wake up to their power of choice to alleviate suffering, to transform it into light um, and oppression of all forms. In Terms of what my um, my main life's work is now. I embody it. How does it? How did you say it?
1: Yeah. Um, what would you? I didn't say it as eloquently as that but uh what would you say your your real life superpower is and how how do you embody that
0: my real life superpower and how do i embody it you know the one that stands out is um one that stands out that i don't really speak about much um is a uh, you know you spoke earlier about a conversation you had with someone about the meaning of life mm-hmm. um, i would say a superpower i i have is um a capacity for supporting other people with their own meaning making um and so if if the, there is no singular meaning of life but actually right. like life is a process of meaning making continuously then um, I think that's something that I'm I, I help people and support people and serve people in doing um, both making meaning with their embodied living history with what has happened and how do we make meaning from what has happened how do we make meaning from life as it unfolds and actually interpret the sentences of the universe as as they unfold in our lives how do we how do we read the sentences of the universe Re- read it so we have a kind of symbolic cosmic universal literacy so to speak so that our lives and the experiences and events that unfold um actually have a coherence that we actually can can cohere and and make sense of and literally cohere like listen with life so right. so that we can partner with it collaborate with it and and be in choice um that these are things that that I, I serve, I certainly stand for. Um, I don't describe it as a superpower, but it's definitely like a gift. I mean it's something to offer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and and how do I embody it? I mean, I think I embody it in part through the coaching that I do and and through the spaces that I create and hold through the to the group coaching, the individual coaching, the courses I do, the trainings I do. I mean, those I'm constantly supporting people in their capacity to make meaning through the, the act of asking powerful questions, reflective listening and helping people discover um, an opportunity to be a choice
1: i love that i know i preference it with being geeky but i I feel like you really tied it into our whole conversation today so um i think that's awesome that's also a superpower you have i I feel like connecting so that's great thank
0: you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for the questions i mean they're they're rich ones and yeah they don't feel geeky if that's geeky like i you know I don't know. It's but, not geeky because, because that, because you know, to me, that's like what you. Those questions are so um, powerful and and really uh, generative, and so so I appreciate you offering it. And um, yeah, I would say generative, more generative than geeky. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: for, to understand it, geeky is like a badge of honor for me, so it's not quite the same. <laughs> okay, cool. You know, cool. connotation like a lot of people do, but that's cool. They, they go hand in hand for me. So. Um, any last words of wisdom you want to leave the listeners with any gems of knowledge that you want to impart before the end of the podcast?
0: Yeah. um, So I don't know about, about wisdom or gems of, of or pearls of knowledge, but I'd say that um, the world seems to be on fire, um, you know, and, and I think that your podcast um, is telling us something about that. Um, There's a, there's a personal fire, journey that we're all on finding some truth or power or gift to offer to the people and 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 the pain and struggle we go through that and the joy and healing we go through that there also is a collective fire and um and the world has been on fire for decades for millennia it seems um and and thinking about some of the fires of our time whether it's environmental catastrophe um white supremacist delusion and and patriarchy and I mean, of of all the the structural forms of oppression that we've inherited um, and and perpetuate um, just through our through our individual acts, our interpersonal relationships, the institutions we're a part of. Um, I'd say that um, we're not the first to suffer and struggle, nor will we be the last. Um, so long as we continually show up to the truth of our lives and the truth of another, um, so long as we continually have a capacity and a will to hold space for each other to see themselves, to actually be in relation. My sense is we, we have a chance at building and creating the, the dreams and heaven and, and futures that we truly long for because we're doing it together, not alone. So may we all remember that we're never alone and may we all be willing to tend to the fire. Thank
1: you so much for that. I appreciate you, man. I got so much love for what you do and who you are, and I'm honored to get to know you a little bit deeper, besides just social media interactions.
0: Likewise, Steve, the feeling is mutual. Thanks for the for the invitation and space here, man. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at theprometheanproject.org. If you want to learn more about The Promethean Project or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at theprometheanproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends, like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.